And as another interesting point, it was pointed out to me earlier today that on Metacritic, Battlefront 2 stood at, I think, a point zero eight out of 10 <laughs> in terms of its score from users. So I was kind of shocked by that one. But I'm sure they're shocked, too. I mean, yes. you're, this is a Disney product. Yeah. Uh, and, and Disney is probably thinking, you know, wow, I mean, because Obviously, Disney's heading down this road, this route too, and 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 it was no accident that I showed regulators uh, a Disney product in 2013 to get them scared, uh, because that was an example of one of the worst products on the market was a Disney product called uh, Marvel Superhero Squad Online, uh, made by Gazillion, which just coincidentally uh, uh, this week has had their support pulled by Disney. Um, I think Disney may realize that there is starting to realize that there's actually a downside to this approach. Uh, yeah. Whereas I didn't, I think they just saw it all as upside before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just got a comment on chat. The Xbox version is sitting at 0.3 out of 10 for Battlefront 2. Well, and, this is a Disney product too, right? Yeah. And as you just said, I mean, that, and I think this also goes back to what we were saying with Battlefront 2 that, a lot of these changes, like the big change for turning off the microtransactions, I don't think it came from EA looking at consumer outrage. I think a lot of people also agree that it came from Disney going, why is this product that we have our name attached to sitting at less than 1% on Metacritic right now or having the most downvoted of any Reddit thread ever made? Oh, right, because, I mean, it, I, I can only imagine how much money they spent to build this game. Oh, but yeah. now they're just seeing uh, millions or possibly tens of millions of brand value just being flushed down the toilet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, 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 they just lost just that whole Reddit whole thing. This, this, this release has cost Disney so many millions of dollars oh, yeah. just in brand value that it, it's catastrophic. That's why they're just pulling the thing and saying, you, you know, you guys really screwed up. We have to stop and, and reassess this. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I've been telling Disney that for years but they wouldn't listen to me because they just saw me as a problem mm-hmm. um that that they would rather didn't exist uh but but the problem wasn't coming from me i was just pointing the finger at it mm-hmm. and uh, that actually takes me back quickly to Bellfront too as we just said they have turned off the microtransaction systems but it sounds like it's going to come back on very soon. It's going to come back on in the future. So it, it, I'm just really concerned myself with, is this actually going to be a sign that things are moving forward? Or is everybody going to forget about this in you know one to two months and we're going to be right back to where we started? Well, you're, unless they can come up with models that are, that are sexy enough that mm-hmm. they look attractive again to consumers and that consumers haven't had a chance to adapt to them, then yeah, it'll work. But, uh, I'm not seeing that because the yeah. techniques that are being used, uh, today, the vast majority of them are just the same techniques that were being developed in Asia back in 2003, 2004. Uh, we're just making them a little sexier. We're using a lot more data science to make, uh, our numbers more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be more reactive to consumers in games so that when they do something, the next thing the game does is, is a reaction to what they just did. Mm-hmm. This is all uh, products of data science. We're getting very, very sophisticated about it. Uh, but that's, that's not, that's, 
that's that's not really like uh, adding value. What I would say is that these all these techniques are are methods of value exaggeration, mm-hmm. not value creation. Yeah, and, uh, and that's and that's our problem. Yeah, and I know you spoke about that. I think either on our podcast last week or on a Gama Sutra post, and how a lot of these games, in terms of making a game that's long term viable versus the short term or short term rush, that a lot of the content or work that goes into them is exaggerating the value proposition again with. Uh, exploitive loot boxes or pay or wait mechanics or energy rather than creating a system that is designed to keep someone engaged for weeks and months and years on end. Well, you can, you can see where the industry is going mm-hmm. by just looking at where they're hiring. If yeah. you look at the job pages, you can see, uh, the most in demand positions are the ones for data scientists, uh, game economists, which are really Closer to to gambling scientists uh, these days, and uh, and and there's less and less jobs for creatives, the ones who would be creating the the stuff that's interesting, the mm-hmm. stuff that that like when I look at the advertisements for Battlefront, all that stuff was made by creatives, like artists and stuff. I, I see I see uh, Star Wars figures running around and battling, and I get excited mm-hmm. uh, even though I know. <laughs> what's what's in store for me uh because i'm like wow that's really cool you know i i see those ads and i go i wish i could play a game like that i, I just know that that's yeah. what i'm seeing is an ad for something that isn't that game yeah. uh what i'm seeing is an ad for something that's well just in the la- latest releases this this year for the industry uh for their financials you can see that at this point with triple a they're now making more than 50 percent of their income from these microtransactions mm-hmm. or dlcs than they are from the base retail sale of the game so when you when you want to buy a game whatever you see the sticker price on there the actual price is going to be 230 percent of whatever you're seeing and I think that's what people are reacting to. They're saying, well, I just spent $80 on a game, but now I'm going to have to spend that or more in order to play the full game. Uh, because it's just like when you go into the store and you, you want to buy a half gallon of orange juice, but they've created like a hole in the bottom. So, and you're actually buying 59 ounces of orange mm-hmm. juice, but you're paying the same price as the 64 ounces. That, that wasn't value adding. That was value exaggerating. Yeah, and that's that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing value exaggeration, where we're being told it's eighty dollars, but the real price is two hundred and thirty percent of that on average, and that means these games have gotten pretty expensive. Hmm. Definitely. I mean, we were talking about this on our Discord channel. It's no longer about you spending $60 on a retail game or $80 if you get the deluxe edition. You're spending that plus, you know, some unknown amount of money on the microtransactions in order to get you to that point where you can play the game. For some of these titles, it could be about $120, $130. And when we spoke about the mobile market or the free to play, I mean, how many free to play games have a $99, you know, supposed, you know, value purchase for the consumer that they expect you or they expect the whales to buy? Uh, some of them can have a lot more than $99. Oh, yeah. the, the really, the really effective ones, um, don't show you those initially. You don't, mm-hmm. you won't even have access to those until you've proven yourself <laughs> as a, a big spender, a whale, or a VIP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you will start to show, you will start to get Oof. offered for things that are, that actually have millions of dollars, not $99, but millions of dollars of Ooh. 
purported value, but then they'll say, oh, but we're going to discount it over 99%. So we'll give you $5 million worth of credits for only $5,000. And you go, your brain goes, wow, what a deal. And you're like, you know, I could be a god. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next thing you know, you, you, you'd, you could have bought a car, but you, you bought five, million dollars worth of virtual nothing i just want to say that i have not played any game that's gone i've never played any game that far to get those purchases so or get those options so that is just i just felt like a bit of like existential (laughs) horror over me right there well i've I've had you know because of my position in the industry i have insiders that leak stuff to me all the time. So I, I know stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about, but I, I know what everybody's up to. And yeah. and I wasn't able to actually see exactly how this was playing out until somebody uh, had actually gone out and used like a stolen credit card and uh, actually tested this mm. by spending like $5 million on one of these games. And they were able to see, you know, they actually were printing through your seats and stuff so you could see uh, exactly how the, everything would just keep ramping up. The more they spent, the more they were offered mm. and the better the discounts got. This is what I call the infinite value mm-hmm. game. And if your brain falls for it, then you, uh, then the value just keeps getting better and better. And your brain goes, wow, this, this, this is just so much value. I can't, I can't not buy this. And, uh, and for those who are vulnerable, this can, I've heard rumors that people spend up to $30 million on some of these games. Mm. And as we talked about earlier, with that kind of infinite value, all we're doing is just raising or we're just scaling things up. What you're doing minute one is not the, is the very same thing you're doing at, you know, hour 100. But, and this goes back to, as you said, as we're programmed or as our brain chemistry works, that we see this scaling as a form of progress. For instance, the idle genre is just basically pure progression, you know, distilled down without any kind of gameplay or depth. But we see and we see, oh my goodness, I, instead of clicking for 500 points, I'm clicking for 5 million. So I've done all this progressing, but no, you really haven't. Well, it, as long as it keeps the dopamine flowing, mm-hmm. it works. Oh, and, yeah. and we know, and we know, going back to cow clicker, that it works. Mm-hmm. If it could work with cow clicker, which oh, yeah. was designed to be a satire and designed to not work, it, when the researchers did it and found that it was working anyways, uh, that was sobering. We, we, we you can't avoid that type of evidence. Once again, this has been Josh Beiser from GameWisdom.com. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Perceptive Podcast. Tune in next time for part two of our discussion and future talks covering more topics about game design. Germantown Life Enrichment Center invites you to fundraiser 
to benefit our children's program. It's a hilarious play called the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee at the Old Academy Players on Saturday, April 28th at 2 p.m. You can pick up your tickets at 5722 Green Street. Please buy a ticket or contribute so the kids of Germantown can have affordable after-school programs, swimming, sports, summer camp, and more. Thank you. You're listening to 92.9 FM WGGTLP Philadelphia, the sound of Greater Germantown. the show where we explore Philadelphians' lives through their favorite music. I'm your host, Suzanne B. Miller, and you're listening in on G-Town Radio, WGGT, the voice of Germantown. We're located at 92.9 on the FM dial and worldwide at G-Town Radio. Thanks for listening in for the next hour of great music and great conversation. My guest today is Brian Abernathy. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Brian's the first Deputy Managing Director for the City of Philadelphia, and he lives in Mount Airy with his wife and two daughters. And he's devoted his career to serving the citizens of Philadelphia, but this isn't his hometown, which we will talk a little bit more about, I'm sure, today. Um, He grew up in Boston and Arkansas, and today we're going to listen to his favorite songs and talk about why they have meaning to him. So, Brian, why don't we start just with the role that music plays in your life? I think music has always been kind of that foundation and that uh, that thing that gets you through the day. Uh, it has, you know, moving from Boston to Arkansas was kind of a, a shift, mm-hmm. um, a little bit alienating, and music was always the thing that, that helped get you through. Um, and today it's still that thing that, uh, reminds you about what you do, um, provides, um, ironically, some core values, uh, and, and really, um, you know, uh, provides an anchor to, to settle you down and, and remind you that you can be resilient and get through some, some hard days. Yeah. And I imagine with your job right now and balancing life and work, there are some long, hard days. Well, there, are, there are some long, hard days, but you know, uh, I think, I think we can all say that we have some long, hard days. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, well, why don't we why don't we start with um, what you put on first on your on the list, uh, which is John Mellencamp's uh, "Pink Houses," and this is a song that came out uh, 1983. So I, I, you can tell me how old you were then. Um, but so why this song? Tell me about it. Yeah, so I was seven. Uh, you know, John Mellencamp is to the Midwest as as Bruce Springsteen is to the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, both my parents grew up in rural Indiana. My dad grew up on a farm. Mm. Uh, my mom grew up in a small town that, ironically, was like five miles away from the farm, but they didn't meet until they were in college. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, you know, small town, rural America has always been something that has been uh, been important to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even moving to Arkansas, going to college in the south um, has also been has been something important. And I think... Uh, this song helps embody that kind of small town, uh, rural America feel and some of the challenges that, mm-hmm. that, uh, folks go through yeah. uh, in those towns. And what I, what struck me about this song was that it, it 
speaks honestly about the challenges, but there's also sort of this grain of hope and America's sort of promise of yeah. it all. This is America. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that is, uh, that's, you know, small town America is America. It's, we, we, mm-hmm. we forget that sometimes in, in the big city and in the, in the, uh, especially in, in this part of the country. Um, um, but, if, and I think that the dynamics in our political climate, um, helps, helps kind of highlight that. Yeah. Um, but there, this is to me a very hopeful, uh, hopeful, um, uh, celebratory song mm-hmm. as well. I would agree. All right. So with that, let us play. Pink Houses by John Mellencamp.
baby pays the thrills, the bills, the bills that kill. Thank you for kicking that off with that song. Uh, great music, great, Thanks. and a, and a great you know great reminder of of um, that the eighties weren't all um, sort of the, <laughs> the, the style council and and other. There was some really good rock yeah, country song music going on then. Um, so let's talk about the next song. Um, it's sort of shifting gears, going back in time. Yeah. Um, to David Bowie and um, tell me about this song because this this one jumped out as like wow this seem this is different from some of the other songs it, on your it, list. It is a little bit different. I, David, I've always been a huge David Bowie fan. Um, he's I always had a kind of a a man crush on him. He's he is uh, he's <laughs> incredibly talented. Yeah. Um, in life, life on Mars is to we've always been we we've all been that mousy haired girl right we've all been that kid that people make fun of or who feels out of place who feels alienated um and when i moved to arkansas that's exactly who i was hmm. you know i i definitely didn't fit in it was a different world it was a different kind of uh, uh, different perspectives it was nothing familiar um and i found refuge in music i found refuge in um, theater i found refuge hmm. in movies and that's hmm. really what the song is about is is finding that finding that peace of mind or that place where you can get away. Did you play this song in Arkansas, like during your high school years? Yeah, absolutely. And did you find other other kids who were equally obsessed with David Bowie or no. was this just sort of in your room? Uh, no, it was, it, you know, it was in the, I've always been a huge fan of classic rock. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, even, um, you know, my brothers, I think, are the ones who kind of turned me on to David Bowie and the mm-hmm. Who and the Rolling Stones. And, mm-hmm. um, so, no, there weren't a whole lot of kids in Arkansas listening to David Bowie. They certainly knew who he was, but... Uh, um, you know, I, I think this was, you know, this is just a great song. Yeah. And you didn't, but you also, you didn't dress like David Bowie. I, I, so you I didn't go that far. With no, I probably, I probably would have had some challenges if I dressed like <laughs> David Bowie. But then maybe in your head you were thinking about it. <laughs> okay. So with that, let's play uh, Life on Mars by David Bowie from his 1971 album, Hunky Dory. It's a god-awful small affair. To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen but the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools If they ask her to focus on singers Fighting in the dance hall
We're back on the air. All right. So I think, not quite sure what's going on with our headphones. Oh, there we go. Sorry for the listening audience. We're not quite sure what happened, but there's always technical difficulties when you're live on the air. So with that, um, uh, we're going to move along to actually going back in time one more year, but I have a sense it's maybe forward in time for you. Um, and a song that that seems so different from the the David Bowie version of the 1970s, but at the same time, there's some psychedelic pieces of this song too. All, a little bit. It all involved drugs. It all. Oh, I don't know if we can talk about that live on the air, but um, but this is the Doors. Um, clearly, you know, a, another iconic group from the from the late 60s, early 70s. Um, but tell me. Tell me how you came to love this song. Uh, you know, sort of like David Bowie, The Doors are always another band that was just kind of, I, th- I must have been in high school when the movie came out, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, so I idolized Jim Morrison. Um, oh, so seeing the movie turned oh, you on to the music or did you know I the knew, music? I knew some of the music, but okay. the, but I, I definitely think the movie, yeah. you know, the movie played a role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, read his, read his 
poetry and I put that in quotation marks. Um, you know, he, he was a brilliant songwriter yeah. in his, in his psychedelic frenzy of, of a mind, um, always looking for, you know, that truth, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and this song, um, Peace Frog, which is really not very peaceful. Yeah. Uh, um, but I do think it's, it's really about kind of the impact we've all had on, uh, on the country, on ourselves. It, it, you know, it is kind of a violent remembrance of kind of who we are and what yeah. we've done. Um, and it has an awesome, an awesome beat and, it does. And, and a pretty cool guitar. Riff. It does. And the, the opening, um, of the movie reference, there's a, the, the reference to the native American yep. that's in this song. So when you, if you've seen the movie, as you hear this song, you're going to think about, about that opener. So this is a uh, peace frog by the doors from their album, Morrison Hotel from 1970. song 
Um, I'm uh, anyway. I, you just sort of you hear so, just songs like that. They take you to a different place. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, all of a sudden, we were not sitting in Germantown. Yeah. We were driving through the, the desert of New Mexico yeah. or Arizona or yeah. whatever it was, following that western sun. Yeah. Um, and speaking of sun, the next song is about the boys of summer. It's the perfect song it's, for today. What a segue. Yeah. Beautiful April day, finally. Um, and you, um, in 1984, were listening to Don Henley. Um, or maybe, no? You, nah, were, you, I, you know what? You heard the, this song, Laughter? This song always brings me back to high school. Okay. Um, and it's always, you know, sitting in the passenger passenger seat of my girlfriend's car, you know, <laughs> with my feet up and probably doing things that I wasn't supposed to do. And um, but it's just that song that just makes you smile. Did she have her Wayfarers on? As she uh, I'm trying? sure she had her Wayfarers on, and she had uh, she she uh, she certainly had a nice tan too. So, okay. You know. So this song takes you back to those maybe simpler times. Absolutely, um, a lot less on our mind at the time. Yeah, but I think for Don Henley, he was it was sort of about getting older. Was yeah. he oh, was it in, you know the high school? He was thinking back to yeah, to, right because it was it was a it's a, it's about remembering and. Um, you know, the, today the song means a little bit different because mm-hmm. I do exactly what he's doing, right? It's right. I, I yeah. flash back to to where I was in high school and I was young and didn't have a didn't have a little bit of a gut and right. um, had had no worries at all. And you're now the guy driving the the you know the car with the deadhead sticker on yeah, the back on, of your Cadillac. Yes, on my Cadillac. <laughs> um, exactly. No, you don't drive a Cadillac. <laughs> um, so, but all right. So, in 1984, um, Boys of Summer, this is Don Henley's solo album um, called "Building the Perfect Beast." I was actually in college when this came out, so this was um, certainly a song that um, reminds me of those days, of, you know, sort of simpler times as well. So, let's take a listen. Show you what I'm made of I can 
Yeah, it feels like I, I gotta find my sunglasses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Go out there. laughs> um, so we we were just uh, while well, we were off um, listening to the song, we we're talking a little bit about um, growing up in in uh, early some of your high school years down south. And um, the next song is sort of about the it seems like the 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 experience of of going to a big big city in the south um walking in memphis marcone but i'm just curious if that was like you heard this and you're like oh, i gotta uh, get myself to memphis or if it was it, something different for you know you. It, it's hard for me to say why i like this song so much <laughs> um you know i i i love it and whenever it comes on it's one of those songs i just turn I, I just crank up and part of it is absolutely you know i remember going to memphis when i was in in arkansas it certainly was a different experience from mm-hmm. from what you know what i had in in, in Pine Bluff, but, uh, um, there's something also the the romanticizing of, of Elvis, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you know, the, what it does remind me of, uh, is why I love the South, which mm-hmm. is, you know, there is, and it's why I love Philadelphia, frankly, is there is a sense of neighborhood. There's a sense mm-hmm. of community. Um, and whether you, uh, and I say this about Philly too, and believe it or not, is whether you're from there or not, there is still this this welcoming vibe yeah. of of wanting to have folks here. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that that, that song is reminds me of that. I, that's a real. I I love that sort of this, that idea of connecting, you know, the the Memphis experience to the Philadelphia experience because I think in most people's that could not be different, more different, and yet. I agree with you. There's this something in this song about everybody wants the, they're wanting to show off the city to this person who's has touched down. Yeah. Um, and that's so true about Philadelphia. You know, you go to somebody's block and they're like, Oh, let me, let me tell you where to go get the best food and meet this neighbor and yeah, well, see it, what's around. And it reminds us that we're all proud of where we come from. Right. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter whether you're, you're in Pine Bluff, Arkansas or, mm-hmm. or Memphis, Tennessee or Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's something that we all, our hometown is special and mm-hmm. will always be special. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. So, um, let me remind our listeners that, um, I'm, this is Suzanne B. Miller and the show is life grooves. And my guest today is Brian Abernathy, who's the first deputy managing director for the city. And we're talking and listening to his favorite songs on G town radio, uh, WGGT. Uh, so with that, we're going to listen to Mark Cohn's, uh, 1991 song walking in Memphis.
shoes and I boarded the plane Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues In the middle of the pouring rain W.C. Handy Won't you look down over me Yeah, I got a first class ticket But I'm as blue as a boy can be Then I'm walking in Memphis Just walking with my feet ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis But do I really feel the way I feel Saw the ghost of Elvis On Union Avenue Followed him up to the gates of Graceland And I watched him walk right through Now security, they did not see him They just hovered around his tomb But there's a pretty little thing Waiting for the king Down in the jungle room When I was walking in Memphis I was walking with my feet Ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis Catfish on the table They've got gospel in the air Reverend Green Be glad to see you When you haven't got a prayer But boy you got a prayer in Memphis Every Friday at the Hollywood And they brought me down to see her And they asked me if I would Do a little number And I sang with all my might She said, tell me are you a Christian child? And I said, ma'am I am tonight Ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis But do you really feel the way I feel Walking in Memphis I was walking with my feet Ten feet off a beam Sweet shoes and I boarded the plane Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues In the middle of the pouring rain Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues In the middle of the pouring Beautiful song. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Another one to just spin the beautiful you know, crank it up. Yep. Driving home. Sing along. Sing. Yeah. <laughs> Tap your toes. Um, the next one we're going to, it's sort of a, it, this is a beautiful song that I, I had never heard until you sent it to me. I know you're looking at me like, what? You, how could you not have ever heard this song? But um, it, it's a song by Sugarland, um, and it's called Just Might. And I, you know, I heard it, and I, I actually thought about it in sort of the juxtaposition of it with Pink Houses, mm-hmm. of this, this sort of 2005 version of Middle America. And some of the economic, the economic crises that has hit that part of, of our world, and the impact that it has on on people's lives, and it's not, it's not that hopeful view of of Middle America that I think Pink Houses gets to a little bit. But but you you may have different thoughts about it. So tell me tell yeah, me about this song for you. I, I think that's true. I, I think. But I also think that it's it's about what gets you through the day. Yeah. And and to and, you know I I said offline that this should have been my wife and, and I's wedding song um, because you know no matter what's piling up on your on your kitchen table, no matter what uh, what challenge you're facing, no matter what what your kid has done, um, you know in my life she makes me believe that mm-hmm. that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really why the song's on the list because it every time I hear it, I, I kind of harken back to doesn't really matter what's going on. Yeah. Um, and you're going to hear that a little bit at the end. It is, you know, all of these songs to some degree have uh, say something about resiliency to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about how do we, how do we plow through, right. um, in, in uh, a lot of challenges. And to me, that's what music helps us do. Um, yeah. and whether that's about gospel and, and kind of s- celebrating, celebrating God and getting us through or mm-hmm. whether it's uh, about the blues mm-hmm. um, or uh, or or jazz to kind of all of all of music is is about how to what's that uh, emotional expression to right. to to kind of ground you and and push you forward and inspire you to to be something better yeah and this song is is absolutely beautiful so um, let's listen to Just Might by Sugarland. Got miles of trouble spreading far and wide. Bills on the table getting higher and higher. They just keep on coming. There ain't no end inside. I'm just holding on tight. I got someone.
trying to make ends meet. What I'd give for an address out on Easy Street. I need a deep margarita. For sharing that one, Brian. Yeah. Jennifer Nettles has an amazing voice. She really does. It's uh, and I, I yeah, it, 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 this one now goes into my file of of uh, great songs to crank up um, during during the day. So thank you. For Making that. Suzanne B. Miller a country fan. There, I know. Well, no, I love country music. I well, I I do. I love country music. I just I'm not tuned into that on the radio all the time, so I'm not hearing um, more recent songs. So thanks for for sharing that. Um. The next one, another another country group. Um, Probably hadn't heard of them. Either. I had not. Um, I feel like I've, I've. This show is actually causing me to expand my musical horizon. <laughs> so for that, I am grateful to G Town Radio. Um, it, it is a song called "Fly," and the the singers went. Um, so Maddie and Tay is a is actually a small group that haven't had very many hits. Um, uh, their biggest hit was Girl in a Country Song, um, which is talking about how girls are objectified in country songs. Um, you know, so they're they're a little bit forward thinking, mm-hmm. uh, very young. Um, and this song specifically, I, I play it for my daughters all the time. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it, to me, it is, um, you know, not being afraid to go after your dreams, yeah. even though you might fail. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, it's back to that res- resiliency. And, and you know what? You might trip, but you get back up. You might fall out of the tree, but, you mm-hmm. know, you know probably break something but you'll be all right um and and it's it's just kind of that that great that great and it's very country country kind of rock twangy yeah but the but the message i mean it is a very empowerment like and and i love that your daughter like that you're sharing this with your daughters and um they're 
eight and six, I think you yeah, said, or almost six. Almost six. So almost they're six. they're maybe not getting all the messages yet, but um, as they grow up, they certainly will, will appreciate that you that you shared this song with them and yeah. and told them why it was important. Yeah, um, know most of the words anyway. Right, exactly. They'll be singing along. Um, they'll be humming it without even realizing it, um, and maybe it'll be on their top ten list. Um, when they reach our age. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so with that, we'll listen to Fly by Maddie and Tay from their 2015 album called Start Here. Baby blue staring in the window pane Just counting drops of rain She's got the guts to take it Running down her dreams in a dirty dress Now her heart's a mess Praying she will find a way to make it So keep on climbing Though the ground might shake Just keep Keep on 
song. And the, the next one is as well. Um, it, it is a, um, a, well, Tim McGraw song. Yeah. And I heard this, and I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna embarrass you a little bit by saying that um, when I heard this song, I was like, this is totally Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's actually a huge compliment yeah, so thank yeah. you but I, and then I, I was laughing that um that it came out um just two years mm-hmm. ago and that it was a song that um if i had you know had not known better i would have um thought that this would have come out when you were in high school or something and you were like modeling your life after the lyrics <laughs> um but instead it it um it, it, it's a song that you know, clearly resonates with you. Um, and But tell me why. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those songs that, it, you know, sometimes we get out of re- reminded on how we should behave. Um, and there's actually a lot of country songs right now that are really about, you know, all people are good or, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a, the country's so divided. Um, it is, there is so much anger and frustration on on um, the progressive side, on on the conservative side, on the working class, on the rich, it, 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 I, on the poor, it, people are, are just angry, mm-hmm. um, and I think we lose we lose sight of of kind of how we're supposed to live our lives sometimes, and how we're it, it, the the ability to to ground yourself, and again, it's that how what am I supposed to do what choices are we supposed mm-hmm. to make and I think mm-hmm. you know this is a, another song I play for my daughters a, a lot my and actually my my youngest actually requests it all the time nice. um and it's but to me it, it's again it's it's about what choices do we make and how do we treat other people mm-hmm. um and you know it's very kind of small town values um yeah. it, it, I shouldn't say that because I think they're everybody's values uh, yeah I, I but they're right. but they're tradi- you know that's that you know these are the, the you know when you hear it from uh, you know, politicians. These mm-hmm. are like, you know, mm-hmm. how do we go back to those small town values? Right. Um, when in fact, I think uh, I think all of us have the same values. Yeah, I think it, right. I, yeah, I would I would also push back on that small town values. I think those are values that you know, you walk down the streets yeah. of Philadelphia and and people are humble and kind everywhere you go, and and we do lose lose sight of that yeah. sometimes. And in, in um, Sort of the the louder political noise that is seems to be permeating yeah. everything right now, yeah. and 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 strives to divide us. And then yeah. at some point, we have to find uh, you know what that what those core values were that united us at the very outset of, of the founding of our country, and and kind of what what unites us going forward. Yeah, and and I'm glad as a as a citizen of Philadelphia that there are public servants like you who are whose favorite song is this one. So <laughs> with thinking about that as we listen to it, um, we've got um, Tim McGraw from his album Damn Country Music, um, Humble and Kind. There's a light that glows by the front door Don't forget the keys under the mat When childhood stars shine Always stay humble and kind Go to church cause your mom says to Visit grandpa every chance that you can won't be wasted time 
Always stay humble and kind Hold the door, say please, say thank you Don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie I know you got mountains to climb But always stay humble and kind When the dreams you're dreaming come to Why bitterness keeps you from flying Always stay humble and kind Know the difference between sleeping with someone And sleeping with someone you love I love you, ain't no pick-up line So always stay humble and kind we could play that full song but we have two more songs to get to and i'm worried about the the the, the hour is drawing near that we've got to and this wrap next things one's up. Long. the next one is long um and so i think what we'll do is we're going to play sort of the first verse of it talk over it and then come back in at the end Sounds good. and we'll hope that this works i know it um i was just saying it's friday the 13th so we've had a few glitches today on live radio um, but that's sometimes what you, what you get, um, but hopefully not all the time. And as a reminder, we are you are listening to Life Grooves, and I'm Suzanne B. Miller, and my guest today is Brian Abernathy, and um, we are broadcasting from the studios of G-Town Radio. So uh, thank you all for listening in. So this song, um, second to last song, is by Harry Chapin. Not a familiar Harry Chapin song. Um, do you want to talk about it, Brian? Uh, so we'll lead in. You know, I, the reason I love Harry Chapin is because he's a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, one of the reasons I love country music. I love the idea of a story that, that can be set to music. Um, what Made America Famous is uh, a song about... Uh, some firefighters um, and uh, and some hippies and how they met one night mm-hmm. um, and also a really about it, kind of going back to humble and kind is about you know what are how are, what choices are we making yeah. and how can we affect other people's lives and this is one of those songs that when sometimes I forget or get frustrated about public service mm-hmm. that I come kind of come back to yes. um, and say all oh, right this is this is this the reason we're this is the reason we're doing what we do 
So um, again, we're going to play a little bit and then um, talk a little bit more of the themes and then, um, and then come back in at the end. So here we go. Uh, what Made America Famous by Harry Chapin. It was the town that made America famous The church is full and the kids all gone to hell Six traffic lights and seven cops And all the streets kept clean The supermarket and the drugstore And the bars all doing well now they were the folks that made America famous Our local fire department stocked with short-haired volunteers And on Saturday night, while America boozes The fire department showed dirty movies The lawyer and the grocer seeing their dreams Come to life on the movie screen While the plumber hopes that it won't be seen As he tries to hide his fears And he wipes away his tears Okay, so we've got the, the setup of, of this quintessential American town. And, and then the story goes on to talk about the hippies that, are, that have come in um, to change sort of change what's going on in the town a little bit? It changes the dynamic. They're a little bit different people, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I think they also mention, you know, they're li living in an, uh, an apartment complex with, with African-Americans and, and folks that are kind of the outcasts of yeah. the town. Um, and there's a fire. And, and how, does the, how does the fire department respond? Um, you know, and I think the other interesting thing about, uh, you know, I think the hippies also admit that, you know, they don't. They hate the firefighters as much as the firefighters yeah. hate them, right? You know, they're painting swastikas on, on the firehouse door, door. Yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, there's just this, this, you know, this clash of ideals, this mm -hmm. clash of understanding one another and not taking the time to to see each other's faces, um, and that's that's really uh, where they get to um, until that night. So what happens is that there is a fire um, that breaks out at the at the house where the hippies are living and the firefighters sort of face a choice. And in the end, the, the plumber who is mentioned in that first voice comes in and, and saves, saves the day. Yeah. Um, Don't we all want to be that plumber, right? You know, and we hope we can be in those right. cir circumstances. Right. Hopefully we make that choice when, when folks are, you know, saying, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to go, we're, you know, saw what was burning and said, yeah. take it slow. You know, we're going to walk away or, or, um, or not worry about what's happening. Hopefully we can, can be brave enough to make the, a different choice. Right. So let's listen to the last few few moments of this song where Harry Chapin just lets it all out. So here we go. That maybe they're still trying to teach in school of the America that made America famous and of the people who just might understand that how together, yes, we can create a country better than the one we have made of this land. We have the choice to make each man who dares to dream, reaching out his hand, a prophet or just a crazy 
When I listen to that song again, it just, yeah. It, it, you know, it has a certain amount of cheesiness. We missed the disco version of uh, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the song. Um, but, you know, it, that, that ideals of what made America famous, yeah. I think, is really what comes through in that song. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and you was, can also belt it out in the car. It, that's all yeah, good. yeah. And it was 30, well, 40 years ago. And yet I think there, those lines of the story that still rings so true of, of some, some of the, the tension and the tragedy and, and the choices that we're all trying to make today. Yep. Absolutely. To, to be a good American. Yeah. Um, okay. We, we have one more song. Um, and, uh, I, I just want to thank you, Brian, for, for being here today as, as our guest. Um, it's just, it's always fun to see you, but also to hear your music and, yeah. But so, uh, tell me about this um, this last song. Probably another country song you've never <laughs> heard of. Country song. Uh, so this is uh, this is Drake White uh, from an album that came out I think last year. Maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, it's new. You know he uh, it's this great kind of bluesy country rock song um, that when I have had a really bad day um, and I just kind of want to sink into into oblivion or, or just be left alone. Um, it's a song that brings me back and it also reminds me of my wife. Mm-hmm. And because again, it's that, it's that rock about who can bring you back, yep. um, from those bad days. And this is, this is really kind of what, it, what reminds me of, of her and, um, and also reminds me about how lucky I am to, to um, and truly blessed I am, um, in the family that I'm, that I, that I, that I have. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really what the song is. And, Great. um, you know, Drake White is, uh. He's an amazing new country artist that, uh, you know, uh, I can't say enough about and uh, kind of that rockabilly, bluesy, mm-hmm. uh, bluesy country that, that we don't hear enough up here. All right. So you were, you were bringing Drake White to Philadelphia <laughs> single-handedly. Um, so we're going to listen to Making Me Look Good Again by Drake White. And um, with that, we're, we'll sign off, too, on Life Grooves, and we'll be back in two weeks. So encourage all you listeners to tune in uh in in two weeks same time four o'clock um and i look forward to um, hosting that show but thank you again brian for being here today thanks for having me
I look like hell I've seen better days Than those loving eyes They pull me back in oh, There you go, baby, yeah oh, Making me look good again I'm rust on the barbed wire I'm dust on the chrome the heart that bleeds in an old country song Then those lovely eyes they pull me back in Well there you go baby yeah making me the good again Leather and lace denim and pearls they go just fine like you and me, girl When you smile at me and say Well, there ain't no better place Than you'd ever be Than right here loving me Slips her hands right under my shirt. Oh, with those lovely arms, she pulls me back in. Oh, there you go, baby, yeah. Oh, making me look good again. Oh, there you go, baby. Making me look good. Listening to the sound from Germantown. 